as I gear up for another international adventure. I feel my aging, disabled, optimistic, fearful, white man of privilege self. Our insanely successful 2019 trip to the Spanish Camino opened my eyes even more to the possibilities of travel with disabilities. Our success as a travel team rested on our flexibility, compassion, and gratitude, plus, of course, planning. Working with the Carly Camino Travel Agency, we booked just barely accessible accommodations, drivers with translation apps so we could communicate, and GPS WhatsApp so drivers could find me when I got lost. Twice. We see you. Stay where you are. We'll find you. My cronies and I have all struggled through ailments, surgeries, infections, and pain over the past three years. So realism tempers our optimism. This time we're pooling resources for a support van available whenever we're not in lodging. A theme of this reprised episode was feeling left out. Gratefully, feeling left out hasn't lasted or resurfaced. Welcome to Health Hats, the podcast. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen, a two-legged cisgender old white man of privilege who knows a little about a lot of health care and a lot about very little. We will listen and learn about what it takes to adjust to life's realities in the awesome circus of health care. Let's make some sense of all of this. I find myself on a pilgrimage. I thought I was tagging along with my wife's hiking group through rural northern Spain as a disabled person. But one of our companions, Mary, has been talking about the pilgrimage that the Camino de Santiago has been for centuries and is for her. I didn't take that in at first, really. Since I can't hike, I thought I'd focus on recording and podcasting the experience. I was especially drawn to environmental sounds in my preparation for the adventure. My ears have become much more sensitive as I walk or motor around my hometown. More chirps, more barks, more chatter, more wind. David Bourne from North Carolina has been educating me on recording those sounds around me. Headphones and a shotgun mic amplifying those sounds. Whoa! Listen to the range of sounds I've recorded. First, hear urban sounds from a balcony outside the town square in Villafranca del Bierzo. Now listen to the rural sounds of a field with cows and their cowbells along a creek in Herarius. Now the sounds of my wheelchair as I drive on a paved street in Trabadello. You can hear the whir of the chair's electric motor. 
finally listen to the sounds of my wheelchair driving on cobblestones in Saria. I've missed many sounds I wanted to record. I heard a rooster crowing. It took me 10 minutes to open the equipment bag, go outside, set up the equipment, and start to record. I thought, at least a rooster keeps crowing. I'll get it. But no, it stopped. I recorded for 10 minutes, no crowing. But I heard my foot tapping, the elevator humming, dogs barking, the wind through the leaves. We kept chickens when we lived in West Virginia. My wife loved them. They were messy, stupid animals to me. Not like bees. I loved keeping bees. But then I was the one that slaughtered the chickens. I was an amateur butcher at best. Somebody had to do it. You can't keep chickens and let them die of old age. Roosters are a hoot, though. They're pompous, full of themselves, useless except for procreation and the morning alarm. Yet, see, even no sound has a story. Now a word about our sponsor, Abridge. Use Abridge to record your doctor visit. Push the big pink button and record the conversation. Read the transcript or listen to clips when you get home. Check out the app at abridge.com. A-B-R-I-D-G-E dot com. Or download it on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Record your healthcare conversations. Let me know how it went. In case you think I'm not actually traveling, here's some clips of my travelogue. I feel so shy and hesitant just standing there speaking into my lapel. I should pretend I'm on the subway talking to my cell phone. I know way more personal details about some people's lives than I care to. Day one on the Camino de Santiago was our flight from Boston to Madrid on Iberia. I had an economy premium seat and my wife had an economy seat. I sprung for the more space, and she didn't. The more space was actually very nice. Usually, I gate-check my electric wheelchair, and I retrieve it outside the plane. But today, we got to Madrid, no chair. Turns out they baggage-checked it, so I had to go to baggage claim and be taken by an attendant in a wheelchair. And it was 6 a.m., and there really wasn't enough staff. And I ended up in a holding room with about eight other people in wheelchairs that were sort of dropped off in this holding room, and we couldn't we couldn't go to baggage claim uh, because you had to have an attendant to leave this holding holding room. I was in the in the holding room for about an hour. And finally, somebody came who spoke English, and I was quite handicapped without being able to speak Spanish. I got my canes out and was able to walk unassisted to baggage claim, where my wife had found my chair. 
in a special area. I would rather have lost my luggage than my chair. And then we drove by taxi five hours to uh, Via Franca del Bierza. We spent two nights there, and we were seriously jet-lagged. It's six, six hours later here in Spain than in Boston. On day two, we took a taxi to Ponferrada to see the castle there. This was a two-cane day, no chair. Day three, we went to Trabadello, a fabulous auberge run by a Dutch expatriate from Rotterdam who came to Spain with a fellow and settled in Trabadello and runs a gastro pub and hostel. Amazing food. Zucchini blue cheese soup. Oh, it was delicious. And curry. Not standard Spanish fare. Day four was Hararius. And this time I rode my electric wheelchair seven miles. I was able to go about 98% of it on my electric wheelchair. It was roads. There was one. This really is the only section of the 120-mile walk that is suitable for a wheelchair. We had, you know, that 98% uh, meant that there were 2% that there was a stretch that was down a steep slope of gravel underneath a highway, which I couldn't do my wheelchair. And a very nice man from Berlin helped us carry my wheelchair down this steep, rocky path. But otherwise, we did very well. We walked with a guy from Montenegro. We met people from North Carolina. We walked through several small towns, population 200 to 600 people. I love that I can join my wife and friends, but frankly, I was bummed out that I couldn't, couldn't walk it. I had to get out of my wheelchair several times to push it for 100 meters or so to work out the cramps of sitting. I'm glad I'm not totally restricted to my chair. Everyone else is hot from walking and I'm cold from sitting. It's between 50 and 60 degrees here. Few of the places so far that we've been to are really wheelchair accessible. But it's no less than the United States. There are many sidewalk cutouts, but not everywhere. The bathrooms are by far the hardest. Then doorways, then space and rooms for the wheelchairs. Very tight. It's a good thing I can get out of my wheelchair and walk some. Carry my canes and my backpack, which is hooked to the back of my wheelchair. But really, mobility is not my biggest handicap. It's actually the inability to speak Spanish. Jose Luis, my driver, he speaks no English. I speak no Spanish. But we've been communicating quite well using the iTranslate app. I enter something, he reads it. He enters something, I read it. Or he's driving, and we speak into a into the app, and then listen, or we use a combination of both. We've talked about our families, the route, and our schedule. It really works amazingly well. Why don't we have iTranslate for healthcare? 
doctors, who can't speak to nurses, who can't speak to patients, who can't speak to caregivers. This would be a great use of artificial intelligence. I think it's less about the inability to speak and it's more about the willingness to take the time and have the goodwill and the patience to try to communicate with each other, to look for something like I translate, to use it, to laugh with the foibles of poor communication or poor translation. Ah, we have so much we could do. Much of the region we're in looks like West Virginia. I used to live in West Virginia. It has steep hills with a creek in the middle. There are cows, sheep, and the occasional donkey. There's lots of dogs. There's lumber mills, hostels, and aubergers costing five to 15 euros per night with breakfast. Bunk beds. We're staying in very nice inns with individual bathrooms. I'm not that rustic anymore. When I hitchhiked through Europe in the early 70s, I spent a night in an old school in Amsterdam with all of the non-load-bearing walls taken out. They had what looked like painted parking spaces to unroll your sleeping bag in and sleep with hundreds of other hikers, tourists, and vagabonds. It's day five on the uh, Camino adventure. I'm at the Casa Rural Carolo in El Sobrero. It's on the top, on the top. It's this stone village. It's not a town, it's not a city. Seems like it's mostly a beautiful old rustic village. Everything's downhill from here. It's beautiful. So I got dropped off. And I confessed to feeling a little sorry for myself that I got left. They walked and I didn't. Goodness. So you know my mom was often worried about being left out. She wanted to do everything and really bummed her out that she couldn't do everything. I remember having this conversation with her. I don't know, maybe I was in my 40s or so. I said, Mom, you're always going to be left out of something. You can only do one thing. And there's hundreds of things you could do. And so you're left out of those 99 things that you decided not to do. But you know, my mom was a Holocaust survivor and she spent five years in, she was a German Jew. She spent five years in Netherlands in hiding. So what did that mean? That meant that she was hidden in attics and basements, sometimes in tables and chests. And there was all this activity happening around her that she could hear, but she couldn't partake, and often she couldn't see what was going on, but she could hear the sounds of people and the sounds of the street and the traffic, but she couldn't partake. 
so she felt left out. So I think that's, that's really a different kind of left out. And here I was in my arrogant 40s telling her she would always be left out of something. Oh my God, how insensitive. A travel log and a pilgrimage. My fear of travel with handicaps turned out completely unexpected. Language, not mobility, were my handicaps. My own arrogance led to my language handicap, while goodwill, patience, and humor managed that. Yikes, I didn't expect to feel so left out. Thanks to my mom for her perspective. Too bad it took me all these years to feel compassion for her. I'm looking forward to the next leg of my pilgrimage of sound. Stay tuned. You know, I lied. I did finally get the sounds of the rooster crowing. Life is good. The Spanish Camino adventure opened my eyes to sound tonight. I recorded birds, insects, water, people chatting, vehicles, my chair motor, and my chair on cobblestones. Cows and sheep, bells and towers. Amazing stuff. Yet after the two Spanish Camino episodes in 2019, I didn't do much with sound design other than expand my use of music on this podcast, mostly with my cousin Joey Van Leeuwen's assistance. I eagerly await the opportunities to record the sounds of our coastal trek in Portugal. Hopefully I can do more on the other side. I'm working on sponsoring a sound design mastermind group of podcasters and friends. Interested? Let me know. Should be fun. the show notes, previous podcasts, and other resources through my website, www.health-hats.com. Please subscribe and contribute. If you like it, share it. Thanks. See you around the block.